Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. He didn't forget what you told him you'd do for him, even though it was 10 years ago. He didn't forget when you were moved to tears to say, All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. See, He is the one who's still working on you. And He is the one who died on that cross, who suffered all of the penalty of your hell. He took it all on Himself, and He is not going to just let you go like that. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. Changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Have you ever felt like you've fallen so far from the Lord that it seems impossible to return? Today, Pastor Ed will be reminding us that the Lord is faithful to complete the work that He has begun in us. All throughout the Bible, we see the heart of God and how He longs for us to return to Him when we fall into sin. God is long-suffering, and the Bible says that if you confess your sin to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive you. God isn't finished with you yet. Purpose to repent of your sin and allow Him to clean you up. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith In that same chapter, chapter 8, Jesus says, I have compassion for these people. Everything Jesus did was marked with compassion. And it inspired others to trust him. Had had Jesus been distant and unconcerned, people wouldn't bring others to him. And so you notice in the biblical text, this town, which Jesus rebuked, and he said, boy, those people don't believe there. That was a town that Peter and Andrew came from. Three of the disciples came from this particular town. Town. It was about 15,000 people. And Jesus said, it's filled with unbelief. But yet there was a group of people who had seen Jesus move with compassion and they brought their friend to him. Uh, that's what the biblical text says, the compassion of his friends. Uh, some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. I want to ask you, When you meet Jesus Christ, and when you see him in action, and when you see what he does for people, don't you want other people to know about it? Man, parents, their priority is they want their son, they want their daughter, they want their spouse to walk with God and know God. Come and meet a man that told me everything I've ever done. Come and meet a man that changed my life. See, that's what happens when you see Jesus and you meet Jesus. You know he can change people because he's done something in you. He's done something in others. You know his power to change your life. And so here these people are, and they come to Jesus, and they're begging him. Now, blindness was a common malady in Palestine at that time. All of the dust, all of the bad hygiene, it was a common malady. People would lose their sight, never have it restored. But Jesus is so different. 
The Old Testament in the book of Isaiah prophesied about Messiah. He would open the eyes of the blind. He would heal those who have no sight. And they experienced and saw the love of Christ. There's a powerful passage of scripture. I'd like you to walk in this passage this morning and this week. It's found in the book of Job, verses 15 and 16. I served as eyes for the blind and feet for the lame. I was a father to the poor and assisted strangers who needed help. Oh, that's, I'm going to get preaching on this. Levi, that's why we do what we do. Whether you work uh, for the insurance company, you want people to come and know Jesus Christ. That's why you go down to the Dominican Republic. Uh, that's why you're, you're coming to church and that's why you, you want people to know Christ and you want to bring them to the Lord. He's the one who can change your life. You may not see now. You may be crippled by some sin or some disease. I want to take you to Jesus because he'll cause you to walk. He'll heal your broken soul. He'll do a miracle in your life. And see, that's what they wanted. So they're going to bring him to Jesus. And then they meet compassion in Jesus. That's the next point. Compassion in Jesus. In Mark 8.23, he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. They would say, wait a minute, that man's born blind, who did sin? His ancestors, him? Ha, that's the judgment of God. How gentle Jesus was. And so he takes this blind man. Now, here that blind person is, and what are they thinking? Now, what would you be thinking? It's personal, isn't it? There's compassion there, isn't it? Jesus will come, take us out of where we were to where he wants us to be. And part of the reason he took them out is because Bethsaida was a place of unbelief. And he wanted to take them out of that place of unbelief. Now hear me. There are some things that God can only do in your life alone in that prayer closet. There are some things that could happen in your life only alone with him. Now, there are great things that happen in the church. We're worshiping together. We're praising the Lord. We're excited about God together. Someone else is praising God. That spills over on you. And so you have a little bit of a dance. You get excited. But there are some things that happen only with you and God alone. So Jesus takes this blind man, and there he is. He's alone with them. And there's compassion, compassion in his heart. I, I think of Hebrews chapter four. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we might receive mercy and find grace. Notice those two words, mercy and grace. Oh man, I could camp on that. Oh Jesus, I'm not worthy to come to your throne. What do you find at the throne? Mercy and grace. You're there not because you deserve to be there. You're there because he is all merciful. He is all gracious. He is all compassionate and he invites you into his presence. So when you feel like you can't go, that's the time to go. 
when you feel like you've blown it, when you feel like, oh, I'm a hopeless case, there he is. Here's this blind man. And he comes into the presence of Jesus. Ah, his life is going to be changed. Let's move to the next point. In our second point in the text, you're going to see that Jesus is absolutely not only compassionate, but competent. Now, some people, they're compassionate, but they can't do anything for you. (laughs) They cry with you, you know, they try and do the best, but they can't do anything. He is competent. He took the blind man by the hand, led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes, he put his hands on him. Jesus asked, do you see anything? Now, this is amazing because what he's doing here is he's giving the man a handle on his faith. Let's put it up, the next sub point. And Jesus deals with us with wisdom. Now, none of us would want someone to spit in our face, right? No, no, no. We, you know, if that happened in the church, you wouldn't be staying in the church. You'd say, I don't want to go to that church. They had a strange practice. <laughs> but in biblical times, spit was associated with healing. And they felt that there's somehow in a person's spit there was healing. And so Jesus knew and understood how they thought and he gave the man a handle to hold on to. He spit in his face, in his eyes. And that was like a handle. Okay, he's going to do something for me. He's going to heal me. In that moment, he knew how to deal with him. There are times that God gives us serendipities. He speaks to us in a language that we could understand. You're in your prayer room and you're praying and then you come out of your prayer room and someone tells you what you've prayed about and they don't even know what you've prayed about and they don't even know they're telling you what you've prayed about. But you know and you hear God's voice. Those are serendipities. God will do that for you. God will will show you in ways that's absolutely amazing. Now he can speak to us. I talked to a brother the other day. How God spoke to him so beautifully in a dream. Unbelievable. It's revelation. God does that. See, God will speak and he works in ways to connect with us. So there's wisdom that Jesus uses. And then our next sub-point, the persistence of Jesus. Now notice, the first time he's not healed. Uh, he, he sees things, but he doesn't see them very clearly. In this text, it says that Jesus put his hands on the man and he prayed for him. Do you know if you search the Old Testament, you'll not find one passage of Scripture where any of the prophets... Any of the men of God, women of God, put their hand on someone to pray, healing, and they were healed? You won't see that. Now, they would put a hand on somebody to sort of bless them, but not necessarily to heal them. But Jesus is that great physician who knows how to heal us. And sometimes he puts his hand on a man to heal a broken heart. Sometimes he puts his hand 
on a sister to give her light where it seems like there's no light. Sometimes he puts his hand on someone so that they know that they know that they know they're not alone. And so what Jesus is doing in this moment is he's just creating a tradition that's followed out throughout the whole New Testament where we're told to lay hands on the sick and to believe for them and to pray for them. And here Jesus is, he's putting his hand on this man and he's not immediately healed. He doesn't see things clearly. You know, there are times that God touches us, but we need another touch. <laughs> we'll get into that in just a moment. But one thing about God is he doesn't give up on you. Now, people give up on you. Oh, write him off, forget about that. Write her off, forget about that. No, no, she's never gonna make it. He's never gonna, no, no, don't waste your time there. That's not like Jesus. He that began a good work in you will continue it until the day of Christ Jesus. Uh, God began something in your life years ago. So you sort of wander away. The hound of heaven is still pursuing you. Uh, you make all sorts of mistakes. You stumble here, you stumble there. Uh, haven't seen you in, house in, in the house of God for year years. God. He didn't forget what you prayed at that altar five years ago. He didn't forget what you told him you'd do for him, even though it was 10 years ago. He didn't forget when you were moved to tears to say, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. See, he is the one who's still working on you, and he is the one who died on that cross, who suffered all of the penalty of your hell. He took it all on himself and he is not going to just let you go like that. He's not gonna let you go like that. If he paid the price, if he died on the cross, if he shed his blood for you, if he paid that great price and you sort of stumble away and you sort of turn here and turn there, uh, believe me, the hand of heaven is reaching down saying, I want my son back. I want my daughter back. He is the father to the prodigal son. He is the father to the prodigal daughter. He is the father to the person who runs from him he's pursuing you and that's what he's doing uh, now here we come to some of the shouting part it's okay to shout it moves on the experience of wholeness Jesus asked him do you see anything he looked up and said I see people they look like trees walking once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes his eyes were opened his sight was restored. He saw everything clearly. There's a progression in the healing. A progression in the healing. Take note of that in the text. Sometimes God heals you of something. It was a generational sin. Man, you just get angry at the drop of a hat. Get angry at your brother, get angry at your mother, get angry at your father, get angry at the person across the street who just look cross at you or something. You get angry. And anger controls your life and God delivers you. And then all of a sudden that old sin creeps up. And you need a second touch. See, sin not only binds you, but it blinds you. Every sin 
brings with it its own punishment. Every sin carries with it its own consequence. And sin not only has a binding effect, but a blinding effect. Those who are spiritually blind are spiritually blind to their blindness. They don't even know they're sinning. Don't even know they're doing wrong. Amazing. Just someday, go before God and justify your sin. Try it. Well, God, I have the right to lust. Write out why you have the right to to lust. Oh, God, I have the right not to trust you. Well, 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 God, I'm going to justify my... Try it. See how far you get. Begin to realize what we wind up doing. We wind up making excuses. There's a blindness at the bottom of that. There's a blindness that needs to be healed. So what has to happen, well, I'm going to treat my husband like this. Look what he did to me. I'm going to treat my wife like this. Well, you know, I'm sitting on the other side of the church. I am not going on that side over there. No. All sorts of things we come up with. What happens is the enemy blinds us and we need the master to come and touch us again. There are things sometimes you would have never dreamed of doing 10 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, and you're doing, tolerating, allowing. What's happened? A spiritual blindness. A spiritual blindness. You have to say, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. See, when God opens your eyes, you're like Isaiah the prophet who says, Woe am I, I'm a sinful man among sinful people with unclean lips, Lord. You recognize and you see what you couldn't have seen before. Your eyes are open to see what is there. See, that's what happens. Some of you need a second touch. You need to see that the path you're walking in is the wrong path. That the talk you're talking is the wrong talk. That the life you're living is the wrong. That's not for you, child of God. That's not for you, believer. That's not where you belong. That's not what you should be doing because you belong to the king. You belong to the Lord. You're his child. It's amazing when you begin to let God work in your life. I remember a number of years ago, I was talking with David about this. Uh, David had come up, David Beaneman, Pastor David Beaneman, and he had said, they used our church for a, a retreat. And they were up in the youth room and they were praying in the youth room. And uh, one of the new believers there, his name was Vonder. Vonder was a, had been a Muslim. Her husband held her captive. He was abusive. Punched her in the eye. Her eye came out of its socket. She lost sight in that eye. Now they put the eye back in the socket. And um, they were up there praying. And as they began to pray, she had been reading the Bible like a a new Christian. And sometimes we need to read the Bible like a new Christian. (laughs) She said, well, Jesus healed the blind. Uh, Jesus healed the blind. And she began to believe God for healing up in that room, right up there, over the gym. And then they said, well, is there anything you have to make right with God? I'm paraphrasing what they said. Have you forgiven? She said, no, I've got to forgive my husband. 
And she said, I'm going to forgive him. I'm going to forgive him. And then she began to shake. She began to tremble as forgiveness went through her heart and mind. And in that moment, she was healed completely. Her eyesight was restored 100% whole. I mean, they took something across the end of the room and uh, she could see it. She could read it. She's a social worker back in New York City now, helping people place uh, children in their homes. She's working with an adoption agency. She's a follower of Jesus Christ. See, sometimes we go through something and what we most need is to see Jesus. Uh, We don't need to see our problem. We don't need to see the bad circumstances. Uh, We don't even at times need to focus within and see all of our sin. We need to focus to the Savior. Mike Dalbo, that massive heart attack, almost stole his life. You know, coma for days they didn't know but family prayed people prayed and there in the room God began to work in him man God began to do something God began to minister to him his God's presence was in that room you could go in that room and you could feel the presence of God right there the other day I was going in and I could tell, man, he had improved because he saw me and he tried to get my attention as he was being wheeled down for some other tests. And I I went in yesterday and the very first words that he told me was this. You know what he said to me? He had tubes down his throat, all sorts of medical equipment around him. And he spoke and he said, Pastor, I saw Jesus. He had died. More than once. He said, I saw Jesus. He said, he was far away. But he was so beautiful. What we need at times is to see Jesus Christ. To have our eyes opened up. If we begin seeing Jesus, we won't want the sin of this world. If we begin seeing Jesus, we see those nail-scarred hands filled with compassion. We will not hold in our heart a spirit of unforgiveness. If we see Jesus, the chains of sin won't keep us back and hold us and pull us into the world and the enemy won't be able to blind us and bind us and keep us. When we see Christ, there is a freedom. There is a joy. There is a song. There is a dance. There is an ability to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now, Jesus gave some instruction to this blind man in his healing. Listen to his instruction. Don't go back into the village. Don't go back into the village. Now, there was a lot of unbelief in that village. There was a hostility in that village. And sometimes what Jesus is saying to us is don't go back into that sin. Don't go back with that old crowd. Don't go back into that place that you were bound and blinded in. Uh, Don't go there. Just remember Samson's end. Hello? Just remember. 
Don't go back there. See, there are some things, if we're going to move forward in God, we can't go backward. If we want to move ahead with God, we, we can't go back to things. And he says, come on. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. You know, that man went home. But he went home a different type. We want to encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. We know that God's Word never returns void. We've made it really simple. Visit buildinginfaithradio.com and click on today's date. Then you can share today's message to your Facebook page and Twitter, or even download a copy to share. Again, that's all available at buildinginfaithradio.com. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although building in faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845 845- 462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through his special eight-part series entitled Eyes Open, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.